Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, the Live from the Dutch Hall crowd sitting around here on this nice Christmas Eve, thinking about all those boys and girls sitting at home and wondering, you know, uh, is Santa Claus real? Is this something that my parents have just been cooking up, lying to me all these years? Well, I'm here to tell you, and my friends at Live from the Dutch Hall are here to tell you, he is real. Santa Claus is real. There's a time in every parent's life where this weird old man shows up at your house and he, uh, he, he tries to drop off a, a wooden toy made by some mutated group of, of enslaved uh, carpenters of some sort. And he says, this is going to be the gift for your child. And most of us parents will say, my kids like electronics. They like uh, stuff made in the modern world that's, uh, that's thoughtful, things they like. Not things that are delivered by some weird uh, cat burglar in the night dropping off wooden pieces of crap for my children. So Santa Claus is real. He's just gives really lousy gifts. <laughs> so Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, why don't we just hit the theme song? We got a great guest tonight. Rick Natras is here on the show. Yeah, yeah. So let's get it started. Welcome everyone to Live from the Dutch Hall, and it is a Christmas Eve episode. Uh, we're really happy to have a have a great uh, lineup in the house tonight. We not only do we have a, we had a studio audience that left, which is never any never really a good sign. No. Yeah, but we do have uh, we have what I guess would we would call our big talent booker in the house, uh, our sponsor from the great Late Side Vista. If anyone wants to book an event. And you can just go on uh, lakesidevista.ca and uh, you can look at it, one of the most beautiful properties in Ontario or maybe Canada, would you say, Ryan? Uh, sure. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Anyways, it's Ryan Vandenbush is in the house. Ryan, thanks for coming. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, my playing my theme song is my house band and uh, really my creation. Nocturnal Emissions, Mike Bowe and Steve the Reluctant German are in the house. Let's hear it for us. It is my creation. They are my creation. Without you, you without me, you would be nothing. You would be nothing. It's you would be nothing. Yes. It's been settled. This is clear. It's been established on the show. If we go back on that, it's not even. Why was what was the point of me doing it? You know. <laughs> there's no argument. No, there's no argument. Not yet, anyway. Anyways, you've been. Uh, so that's and we also have. Uh, our guest tonight, which is we've had a lot of great guests on this show, but this is actually we've uh, had a few great hockey players who told a lot of great stories. But I think as far as playoff experience goes, um, if we totaled up at all the playoff experience, there's two games played in the playoffs and uh, it was one and one. I think was the total from of all from my prior guests, one from and prior one. guests, <laughs> one and one in the playoffs. I was the record. And, and now we actually have a Stanley Cup champion. A person that do you have your name on the cup, Rick? I do. 
Yeah. They spelt it right, which is very nice. So, and he's actually got his his name on the Stanley Cup. We have Rick Natris in the house. So let's hear it for Rick and yeah. uh, Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Well, we it. Again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We just saw we bring an eight-year-old with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's always just a sign of respect. It's yeah, a sign of respect it's, around it's, here. I'm sure it's Van Dyke. We didn't say it was Dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we got we've got uh, one of the people that we are missing here is uh, our other uh, the man that writes music for the show, Dave Charters, has uh, stepped out uh, time and time again. And uh, put other priorities like his family's health and uh, his his job yeah. ahead of the show, and uh, you know we were all disappointed in it, and so I think we will just leave it at that. It's and point, uh, yeah. you know this, it's on Dave Roots at this point in time. Balls. Yes, it's been too long. Oh, you know what? We didn't introduce it was a little guy. He's my bartender. He's my brother. Aww. He's Aww. here every week for me. You know, rain or shine. He's my brother Paul. What could be better than something from Paul? Something delicious and something so small. Just have one taste, you can tell that it's notable. Time in the show to try one of Paul's potable. Hey, you didn't fuck up the be- or you didn't mess up the beginning. No, I got it right this time. I was trying. I was to- just questioning whether I should be playing it at that time. Is our bartender ready? Uh, <laughs> this is crazy. Every week, Rick, we have this bartender, and I hire you know I hire a bartender. I don't pay him well, but I do. I have hired him as a job. Shows up every week and always forgets his one job, which is every week we introduce him and he gives us a drink of some sort. It could have just been a beer. He could have went in the fridge and just grabbed a beer and gave me a beer. But now he's just making noises. You know, the show needs to start early. Yeah. Start forgetting memory issues. Yes, exactly. Right? But I don't know. This is my first time here, so. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it's a talent to be a bartender, and certainly we're lacking some of that. (laughs) (laughs) I should have maybe, I should have maybe auditioned better, you know, for this role. You're a blood, bud. We did. You can't pick your family, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who's older? Uh, my my brother is younger. I'm the oh, older well, one. There you go. You he looks older. You gotta, you gotta keep a good eye out for the younger. If brother. you had a, if you had a guess though, you would never yeah. guess he would be. He was younger than me. The way he's taking care my of himself. My years were a lot harder yeah. than. Well, he's been in the bar business way too long. Right? It ages people. Look at Ryan. Well, I don't understand how you hockey players could have done it when you live the way you do. Well, because we worked out. That's what you do. You can balance out yeah. working work out, out, work out, eat properly, yeah. get enough sleep when you can. And, uh, you know, drink light beer, right? A lot of it, right? Yeah. Because every two, it's a three, right? So you get to have three light beers for every two solid ones. That was my theory. There. Grace, I have a math. That's good math. What was the the deal with the late night um, eating? Well, of course, you know, it's, well, are we talking during the season and you have to weigh in? You don't eat anything. But, I mean, but if we're talking about in the summer, when you first get home and you eat stuff that you shouldn't be eating, like Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? And there's a theory behind Kentucky Fried Chicken because I remember, you know, always feeling a little odd after I ate a bucket of it, right? So my buddy, <laughs> no, you know, you get your hungry, right? So this first two weeks after you hadn't seen it in a while. So my buddy, this is a funny story, right? He's a hockey guy. You know, they say, I guess, from sitting on the bench, you can get piles. Well, he, he got it. He didn't sit on the bench a lot, but he had some hemorrhoid issues. And so he gets the operation, and he's like, hey, Doc. He calls his doc because he's in so much pain. He says, bud, 
He says, Doc, I think I fucking shit out the bandages that were there. And the doc says, well, did you fucking scream your head off? He said, no. He says, and you didn't shit out the fucking bandages. <laughs> so he says, Doc, I got to shit these things out because his wife's taking him to the hospital. And he's facing the back seat with his ass sticking to the front dash, right? So as his wife's driving. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> And at the end of the day, the doctor says, well, stop at Kentucky Fried Chicken right away and, and go fucking eat some Kentucky Fried Chicken. Don't worry, and you'll shit those fucking yeah, bandages out. Sure enough, you fucking had three pieces. The next day, you shit the bandages <laughs> out. So. Oh. Kentucky Fried Chicken is good for you. Clean when you need it, right? When you need it. When you need it. That was an emergency. Yeah. But It would never be the next day for me. It's a usually like with I can barely make it home or I'll shit my pants. It's an hour. Yeah. Well, I haven't eaten it in fucking years. But at the end of the day, no hemorrhoids, no problem, bud. Yeah. That's Moral of the story. Out, right? Moral of the story. Moral of the story right? No hemorrhoids, no problem. That's I should right. eat more. You're right. I would If I ate more Kentucky Fried Chicken, I wouldn't have like this bomb of like blood in the toilet occasionally. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, it ain't the Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? Is that what they're called, this shot? What is it? Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's KC. The KFC enema. Yeah, there you go. I brought Anyways, another that's guy just in. a KC. So. I brought another guy in that didn't uh, that quit drinking yeah. after he got, got done playing. That's hockey. right, bud. That's so right. Tell, uh, what happened there? Well, what, nothing happened. It's like it's a fucking curse or something. Yeah. You act like, but no, uh, no, no. At the end of the day, I got up to two hundred and eighty fucking pounds, and uh, you know, felt like shit. Yeah. You ever had gout in your life? Never had it. Well, I if you've ever had rich. gout, you'll know what I'm talking about. You could take a slap shot to the nuts, and that would not even be close to how fucking Ooh. sore gout is. So, does it hurt your feet? Too much or iron. Well, you can get, get it in different butter. areas, but it's well, it's protein. Too much protein in your Lobster, system, and, too, and high acid levels. So, with beer, beer is one of the worst. Red wine is another one. All that kind of shit. You get going, and you ever get that, bud? You'll think twice about fucking doing it again. And if you right. don't, then you deserve that pain that you get. Because right? there are people that don't mind. I, I, I mind it. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, Ryan, I mean, shit, I drank all over the world, but I had a good run for 25 years, you yeah. know? And so at the end of the day, no one got killed. I'm still alive. I still got my health. And shit, I had a lot of fun. So time to move awesome. on, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but what do you blame your stupid moves on now, Rick? Well, just my teammate. But, you know, <laughs> like, that was it. that's why I still play rec hockey because it can't be my fucking fault. But I mean, I'm saying at the end of the day. I blame nothing on. I got a boring fucking life now, but I yeah. coming up this way, and I'm again. I'm not sure where this way is because I fucking followed the white pickup. I wasn't even sure, but yeah, it's kind of like so Ryan no hijacked shit. you and no took kidding, you out into the but, woods, eh? Fucking deliverance, starting to fucking hear pig squeal and all that shit. I'm like yeah. dying over here. That's why you got I'm dying fresh. over here. That's yeah. why I got. Oh yeah, that's what it is. Fresh. That's so. why I got Ryan to book the show because yeah. he's the only one that can. I yeah, know he's he tough enough. He can like hog here, tie you, put you in a trunk, and fuck, bring you to Pine Grove. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Fuck but, me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like thinking to myself, okay, hopefully it's his truck. That was first yeah. and foremost because it was so fucking We're also long. Fucked. I had a comedian come in one time, and he came from London. Yeah. And he did same thing. When he's coming down here, he's with his fiance, and he's like, Where the fuck are, is, is this guy just tricking me to, <laughs> well, you know, to kill it. me? You know, this is it, bud. This yeah. is it. You know, people know I'm here, okay? Where here is, we don't know, but they know I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> and that, hey, see, I quit drinking because now I can watch you motherfuckers. Right? Yeah. Right. See? Now, I'm, you know, I've been seeing what you guys have been doing, so pretty soon I'll be the smartest guy in the yeah. fucking room. I'm yeah, that's sure. right. Okay? Let's go. We'll, we'll see it at a point the interview all no of a sudden there. okay no <laughs> shit <laughs> professor rick shows up yeah no no just smarter but okay no it'll seem that way to us yeah, no no shit <laughs>
Okay. So yeah. I can't wait to talk to Rick Natchez when we finally get to it. Yeah. <laughs> you said just go, bud. I'm no, no, that's what I mean. Going, I love right? it. I love I'm it. Going, bud. Before, no, but before we get to the actual uh, thing that I was thinking about talking about with oh, Rick, yeah, we got to do a segment we call feedback. We got feedback. Do you? We got feedback. Feedback. Got excited. Yeah, that was pretty good. Welcome to Feedback. We got Feedback. You got your shit going on here. I just knocked the fucking cord out of his... (laughs) Oh, he rocked too hard on that. I did. Really wailing. Yeah, the band is really hot tonight. No, they are. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) good looking guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you meant their music talent. Fuck, please. Anyways. Oh, yeah. I meant their musical talent. Yeah, Yeah, okay. But they are handsome, too. I I guess, bud. You know what I mean? You one of them's no, you're with them every week, but one of them's related to me. That's it. You don't want to hear. Well, jo- I hear no. I heard all about that up here. You want to hear? It's all good. <laughs> you, do you want to hear a joke? It's true. Sure. I'm gonna totally. Uh, this is a joke I heard, it was, and I'll give credit to the guy who wrote it and performed it, David Tell. And I have no, no. I, but I heard it this week and it made me laugh so hard. I gotta tell. He says uh, there used to be a lot of problems with cousin cousin fucking. Everyone had a problem with cousin fucking. You know, don't fuck your cousin. You'll get a kid with two heads. He's like, <laughs> like I can't pull out when I'm fucking my cousin. You guys will get that up here. I don't get that. Right? I think what the fuck. It doesn't have it in hell. I'm thinking what the fuck. Man? I'm thinking right now. Again, I just heard that door lock. I think. For fuck's sake, this is like holy fuck. The lights are getting low. I'm telling you. This is what she owes me. But he thinks a perch dinner's gonna cover this shit. Man. I'm like, fuck, man. fuck, fuck, fuck. No way. Yeah, nice little dinner. Yeah, we did. Yeah. It was awesome. Erie Beach Hotel. Yeah. yeah, it's the best of everything down here by the lake. Yeah, it is. Best of everything. <clears throat> so anyways, uh, feedback. We got feedback. It's brought to you by our good friends uh, from Amazon.com. Actually, if you don't, if you want to replace Santa's shitty wooden gift, you can go onto my website, livefromthedutchhall.com, and click on either of the Amazon banners if you're in the States or in Canada, and uh, do all your Amazon shopping that way, and then a little bit of money will come back and help us improve the show. No shit. Good for you. Yeah, we bought this board from people that helped us out from uh, donating to the show. So um, also, you can donate on uh, on the website through PayPal. I thought the bank that you used to work at was donating, and I don't mean legally either. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why you're no longer working, right? No, I didn't take any. Oh, out okay, of it. I yeah. just wondered, but you said yeah. it was a short career, right? So yeah, yeah, I, I should have. You know, I did take a bunch of staplers <laughs> yeah. and oh. a three-hole punch. Okay, there you go. Yeah, every That's job it. I've ever left, I've taken <laughs> a three-hole Bush punch. That's a problem. You said, uh, went serious. No, 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 I was just thinking, I was just, I think you should have your own podcast, Rick. You do, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I couldn't yeah. get a crew like this, fuck, yeah. guys that could sing no, and he, play he like that. You know, a brother, a brother, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember the fucking drinks. And, and then Pete <laughs> just thinking he's the leader. Pete, <laughs> I am the leader of this mess. <laughs> You're doing a good job, man. You're doing a good job. That's good. So. Yeah, thank you. Okay, you are. I'm just fucking with you. No, this is this is great. <laughs> okay. So feedback, we got feedback. Okay, what the fuck is feedback? But oh, well, usually what we do every each and every week is we reach out to our listeners oh, and we ask them to provide us feedback by going at live from the Dutch I Hall. I thought this was just for us. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Well, once we get take care of business, then okay, we I'm get sorry. to go. Oh, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so next one. <laughs> So uh, uh, who we already did like Vista. We did Amazon. We only have to do our good friends from VG Meats. If you also look on my website, you're going to see a coupon from our good friends from VG Meats. 
and and it's a coupon for great steaks and uh, hamburg you can put in your freezer with a discount, and some of that money comes back. And actually, I got a I, I got a reasonable check last time from them. It was double digits. It nice. was more than yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I know I keep bragging about that. It's I saw the same the sign check. coming in. VG meets. Yeah, VG meets. Yeah, no, no, I saw yeah. that sign coming in. Yeah, did. yeah they're good really food, really good butcher shop. You know. Well, we haven't we've not seen any of the fucking meat here today, everybody. So oh, it must they, be must be in the they, freezer. You need a pepper. So, uh, must be because the burgers in the freezer. Oh yeah, we could use some more pepperettes for Rick. There is pepperettes up there. Oh, Rick, and and no See, I didn't know you had to ask on this show. No, there's a, 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 a I got a spoiler alert. There's a there's a cheese tray coming out for my wife later. I saw her preparing it in the house. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, a real spread. This is good. She this says, "Well, good. I can't if we do if I." She said, "If I bring it out now, the vultures at the bar are going to devour it, and Rick won't get to try <laughs> any of it." And that's you know what they give you at uh, off the record, right? Uh, I don't know in Canada, anyways. Michael Landsberg off yep. the record. Yeah, off the record. One show. Used to do quite a bit of those shows. Uh, Quite a bit, and they give you sushi because you're in fucking oh, really? Toronto. Yeah. Oh yeah, that sucks, bud. Like it's rice or it's fish. You probably been out for a couple weeks. Yeah, so at least cheese. And when it ages, it's better, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, there you go. I'm good with it. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So I can't <laughs> wait for it. Actually, we might have to wrap this up quick so we can get the cheese. Well, can we get any crackers? Uh, if I'm good, can I get a couple crackers? <laughs> yeah, you can. I'll pack you a bag. Only if you're good. Yeah. Only if I'm good. Who's fucking judging me here? I am. All the brothers. <laughs> Me, come on! Yeah. You got it. Man. You look like you're at top of your game. There you go. Last, uh, so last week's episode, we got a lot of feedback. It was with the Tiger Blood one. Yes. That's all one on one. Don't drink the Tiger Blood. Uh, the first uh, Thursday of Charlie. ordinary, ooh, Charlie. ordinary time. Charlie was feeding, or he was getting fed, something like that. Yeah, he drank the Tiger Blood, oh, and it was, was it was tainted. He was drinking a couple things, but. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I mean, I mean, it's fun to experiment. Holy fuck! Though. Yeah, he went a little far with <laughs> really it. Really? Yeah, he, and he got caught because he texted someone. Uh, can you imagine? Like, I mean, no, I'm joking about the texting because Tiger started that, and people still get caught texting. It's like, like wake up. <laughs> yeah, what are you thinking? You ever heard of Tiger Woods? Fuck. I mean, yeah. Fucking nine iron. There's a way to. There's nine iron. There's a way. There's a way to. Uh, you know, like if you're gonna be a, a chronic, uh, if you're deciding to promiscuous person if you're deciding to to betray the sanctity of marriage then you're gonna have to you don't fucking text person you don't do something with a data trail what you do is smoke signals yeah that's what it yeah. is but that's what i think yeah good well keep i've never that actually way. had a i don't have much experience with women rick you know? I was going to say that, and then your wife's coming, and then I married you see, my high you hear what Rick fucking said. So I'm Rick's like, saying, you're that type of guy I can tell already. So I'm just leaving that one alone. You, you know what? You know all this stuff. You know, I, I'm surprised, yeah. you know, because I would say with, ah, uh, oh, geez, we're getting into the interview already, but, yeah, I, I, but, one but I haven't finished feedback. We got feedback. Okay. <laughs> can we finish it? <laughs> It's called flashback. So I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to come. I'm going to come back to this question. Okay. I'm going to come back to this question. But I want to finish feedback. We got feedback. Don't drink the tiger blood last weekend. Uh, everyone, you know, the, the main thing about that episode was the band. We had uh, uh, the most of the feedback was how the band uh, nailed it. Well, that's and good. some of it was about the uh, cat. People enjoyed the uh, cat the, penis the cat, cat penis chat that we had. Cats licking their their. Taints. I, you know, since that episode, I did learn another fact about a cat's penis, which Rick might I think is. An oh, y'all pass on this subject, please, <laughs> Pete. Uh, can I pass? Yeah. Wise can I call right a friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can get a group. I don't. As know it turns, as it turns, as it turns out, a cat's penis is barbed. 
It's oh, barbed. It'll actually. Really? Yeah, in order because a girl can't get away. <laughs> no one. Turns out they're a bit of rapists. They lock yes. in, eh? Yes, a bit of rapists. So. Uh, <laughs> okay, love that information. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little tidbit. I'm going to keep that for the city. You Piece know? of yeah, trivia. Nice yeah. in the country. Use, that, about use it on really TV when you're on TV next time. Yeah. Rick, go on TV and tell them about the cat penis thing. I think it's going to go over big in the city. Barbed. At least it's not just a picture. At least you said cat penis. But yeah. Yes, right? You guys are wild out there. You think it would look like ours, but it doesn't. It looks more like a serpent. I don't care, motherfucker. Tongue, Move yeah. on. <laughs> Move on. I told you. Call a friend. Yeah. You can call your brother. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know if you guys talk about shit. But anyways, I do appreciate that. You know, you know what else? No I... wonder he drinks, bud. Fucking no wonder. <laughs> you know what else we've been getting a lot of feedback on? Is the Mark LaForest episode. Oh, oh really? Trees. The old trees, you yeah, know? good man. Because he's a great storyteller, and he it is. came in. People really enjoyed the episode, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think they'll probably enjoy it. What do you think? Probably better than this one. You know what I mean? Probably. Mark <laughs> <laughs> Trees is a real fucking fine individual, right? You no, know, it was great. We had a great show. And you know what they said? You know, uh, one of the people that listened to it for the first time uh, is... is uh, Gonna, he told us that he gave me the piece of feedback where okay. he said, You're really on to something there, Pete, is what he said. And you had to write it down. You had to write it down. Because <laughs> it's stuck, right? Yeah, I had yeah. to write it down. Sorry. You son of a bitch. That looks, like, a thing fucking, that looks like your daughter's fucking. You know, it is. It is. Yeah. Like it reading their diary. I needed, a, I needed a piece of paper. So, <laughs> you're breaking the fourth anyway, wall, okay. eh? I can't even fuck up a little bit. You no, call you me on sorry. it. Go ahead. Wall. Preferable vision skills. <laughs> he said you're on to something. And then he yeah. said he wanted to write uh, write an article for the newspaper. It's Devin Ro- or Jacob Robinson. See, I still screwed it up because Jacob Robinson is our listener of the week. He's the listener of the week. And the only other person we have to talk to before we is our good buddy that's been here each and every week for us. He is our buddy, the Haitian dwarf. He's back again. The Haitian dwarf gives us feedback each, each and every week. Hey, yeah, the bartender's singing. <laughs> it is a catchy something. too. What's he doing? That's cool. I remember that movie where that came from. That clip. I really? Really? I'm that old, right? Wicked Witch of the West. Was, was that song? was that song in in Wizard of Oz? The was one of those. Was it Wicked Witch of the West? I ho I ho. Uh, Snow White. Snow White? Was it? Okay. Seven Dwarfs. Well, I didn't see oh, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Did they say... I, I yeah. missed that one. Did right. they say squeeze your cunt and make you grunt on that one? <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. Snow White? It was the 70s cunt here. <laughs> <laughs> right? it, was, it was 80 years ago. Yeah, it was, it was, 80, was it really? Yeah, you could get a, away with a lot back then. Yeah, yeah they used to like, say that a lot. Slide. Yeah. <laughs> the Haitian Dwarfs feedback this week is on iTunes. Oh. Uh, and if you go on iTunes, you can always leave the feedback. And this one's five stars. Five stars. And the uh, feedback is... Bring back the rooster. Oh. Bring back the rooster. Really? So apparently last week's hiatus, it seems, was uh, in protest to what you two people on Nocturnal Emissions have done to Dave's theme songs that you... He He doesn't like them. He doesn't seem... He thinks that... I know Charters himself gave me a piece of feedback last week where he said, these are not the songs I wrote. (laughs) And uh, he was very upset about it. I think he's going to be coming in next week of... Now, full of piss is what all I'm saying because uh, he, he doesn't have that fucking mustache. 
Oh yeah, that's got to be over by now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you know, the worst mustache What's the ever. Now he's gonna move yeah, on to a man bun right, by now. Right. He'll move on to a man bun. Yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, that's right. He's going just to, in yeah. time. Just, just in time for a nice man. Well, it's December, tell him it's December, but you I know. like the stash. I thought it looked great. Girls, <laughs> he make a good Santa Claus. He should just grow a big Santa Claus beard. Yeah. I think because. It's already got the figure. Look like a gay Colonel Sanders. <laughs> it's already got the figure. Oh, here we go. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky Fried Chicken. You couldn't get Grabbing past the hemorrhoid thing, right? Yeah. So there you go. Right back. So that is feedback. Shit. We got feedback for this week. You know, now it's my great pleasure to introduce our guest. So that's, a, oh, that's a segment, though. Was that a segment? Yeah, that okay, was. beautiful. It was awesome. We go in and out of them. <laughs> it was, but I yeah. know. I, well, no, you're in and out of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, you know what? It was good. I like that feedback. It was good. There, he's oh, still in his stingers, go. yeah. You know, we got each, uh, so we got a great guest today. Not only is he uh, is a Stanley Cup champion, as we mentioned before, he's also won a Calder Cup, and he's also won, what, for the... Uh, a couple things? The, no, I don't know. For the Stony Creek Warriors. Oh, yeah, we won uh, Coach of the Year in Ontario, so that's uh, pretty, you know, it was cool. I mean, we had a bunch of kids uh, locally that was had that, some success. Or junior B. It was Junior B, oh, okay. right? Oh, that's great. So, I no, no, it was Coach of the, all, uh, everything but Major Junior A. Nice. So provincial A, provincial B, C, D, nice. all that. So, Didn't you yeah. win something though? We won the. Southern we Cup? went to the Sutherland Cup twice. We unfortunately we played against Brantford and they beat us the one year in oh. LaSalle the other. But uh, point is, in 35 years they never had won a Niagara District Championship. We won that two years in a row, and then we took the same boys that didn't you know have success in the previous couple of years of their career to a couple of opportunities to win an Ontario right Championship. Yeah, so nice, nice. Uh, it was great because it was local. Uh, try to give something back. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the the level of the game was, I thought we played some good hockey, but to get people in to really, you know, pay the bills, it was very difficult. And that's the big thing right there. I mean, there's a couple offshoots of those conversations that you can have about what it costs to develop on young hockey yeah. players and how the OHL certainly, you know, benefits from the development of other minor groups and those minor groups that don't get compensated to the fullest extent. Right. Uh, make it that difficult to yeah. keep them, right? To make it yeah. Yeah, difficult. Yeah. There's a, just a tidbit. When I got drafted by the Brantford Alexanders, they were in Brantford for five years, from 78 to 83, I believe. Uh, that was I was there uh, Major Junior A. Junior A. So I got drafted in the 79 uh, year and played th the three years of the five there. But anyways, when they drafted me, I played for Junior B in, in Hamilton, the Kilty Bees. They got 1500 bucks for me. From the major junior team from Bradford. Oh, really? they, that's what the fee was. You know what the fee was up until five years ago? Because I don't know. For right. a kid that came from, say, my old team, Stony Creek Warriors, to major junior, 1500 bucks. Really? And they were 35 years later, still the same amount, right? No, and they're no. selling them to, uh, you know, the NHL after they develop them. Right, right. Yeah. The OHL. Uh, you know, 75, 50. Wow. $25,000, right? So there's a little disparity there that yeah. they have to figure out because at the end of the day, if you don't want mom and pop organizations, then you got to make it viable for these groups to actually get some feedback or some financial aid, I guess you could say, right? From, uh, from, uh, yeah. Because you're developing the these That's guys. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what, And it's yeah. costing us, you know, five to seven yeah. grand. Anyways, I don't yeah. know why we went right over there. Well, probably because it pisses me off. <laughs> and the fact is that, you know, to yeah. run a good program, you get you don't get compensated, you know, benefited from you. It costs you. And how long can you run a business that 
you lose money, right? Yeah, and that's what like it anything. is. Let's put it yeah. right. So. How does watching those kids that you were coaching win the the uh, championship two years in a row? That the, the or the division it was awesome, but what was more appealing, right? It, it, you know, but how does that compare to your own your own? Championship? Well, I think I mean at the end of the day. Um, to win the Stanley Cup was, uh, you know, the Calder Cup was like unbelievable. Like, let's not let's not mistake ourselves. How hard is it to win a championship in itself? Yeah. You know, Any championship. I was fortunate enough to play one year, and I say fortunate to play one year in the American Hockey League, which was my a full year, which was my third year pro, which I spent two years in Montreal and you know oh, rode right. the bike, sat on the bench, waited my turn, all the things that Montreal did early in the, you know those days. You know, no one played right away. Larry Robinsky, Lafleur. These guys, so Rick Natchez certainly wasn't going to play right away. So, um, and then go to a team where they relied on you. You know, got to play with Patrick Waugh when he first came out of junior before he came pro. Uh, Stefan Riche, guys like this, Brian Scrulin. There was some really good hockey players that yeah, were yeah. young, right? That never really won anything, uh-huh. and we ended up winning that year. And then the following year, I went to St. Louis because I could play. What year is that, Rick? That was '85. I went to St. Louis. Uh, and because they had guys in Montreal called Chelios, Peter Sabota, uh, Tom yeah. Curvers. So which were a little bit more gifted offensively. I, yeah, I said it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't that fucking good offensively. <laughs> but but uh, Larry you know, they got to play. And then they won the cup in 86, right? Eight rookies, right? If you look at Montreal, tell me that wasn't a yeah. surprise. So at the yeah. end of the day, it was a great experience, but winning a cup and, and then winning that Calder Cup and then going on to win a Stanley Cup. And then Did you learn cup. something from the Calder Cup experience as far as, far as how to win? Because a, a lot of those guys you yeah, mentioned. it's a grind. You know, uh, but, you know, again, you know, when I look at our Stanley Cup team, I look at uh, Lenny McDonald, I look at Brad McCrimmon, I look at, uh, you know, Alvin Guinness, I look at Joey Mullen, I Dougie Gilmore, Joel Noondike. I mean, we had... Hack and lube. I mean, a lot of people forget. Joel Otto? Joel Otto, Jim Poplinski, Tim Hunter. We Theo had Flurry. great leadership. Theo came in January of that year of 80, you know, January of 89. Nine, yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, our back end, we had eight guys that could have played regular in any any group, uh, anywhere in the National Hockey League, I believe. Uh, we, it was a real team bonding, great leadership, great bunch of guys. I. Uh, you know, we were ranked, I think, um, in last year's top 100 teams at Hockey News and a couple other issues that we were the 14th best all-time hockey team ever assembled. Mm-hmm. So, which for me to had to work to get in that lineup and eventually, you know, that work paying off, unfortunately, through injury for to somebody else. And then when them coming back and being healthy and I'm still staying in the lineup for a future Hall of Famer, it was very self-satisfying in the fact that I was capable of working hard enough to be part of a one of the best teams ever put together. So as yeah. winning the Stanley Cup was great, but being a part of that and playing 18 minutes in game six was probably the highlight of my, my career. Oh, you better believe that's a deep team. Yeah. Off, yeah. 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 Earning your make, spot. Make yeah. no mistake. Yeah. Work my friggin' ass off. But yeah. at the end of the day, we won and, you know, great bunch of guys to win it with because they really were great bunch of guys. We just celebrated a year ago, our 25th anniversary. And we had 21 out of the 24 guys. Wow. Yuri Rodina, unfortunately, I had back surgery, so he was left. He was in the check because he scouts for, I believe he's scouting for Calgary uh, in the European side. Uh, and then we had uh, Gary Suter, unfortunately, had uh, commitments. Uh, Brian McClellan was, just got the job in Washington, so he's done a great job with the Washington Capitals now. Awesome. I mean, a real good job. And then we unfortunately lost Brad McCrimmon to the you know the plane crash, crash in Russia. So uh, though his wife was there, Maureen, and, and his family, uh, the parents, and you know, signed a jersey from everybody. It was such a 
you got you know it's like a group let's put it this way we're in this environment right here and i talked to ryan about this earlier about a team thing and what do we want to teach our kids you know can you build a team away from the game right and that's what you try to do when you you know when you're playing and the better the team is together uh, the better they work together, the more opportunity you have success, right? So why can't is in a relative to what we're doing here as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Anytime you're going to be doing anything, those yeah. same things apply. I always found it, even in my professional life, that if uh, if you were getting these this professional trainings to, to better yourself as a person, I always uh, used it to apply to my marriage because I thought if I'm going to argue, you know, they're giving you techniques on how you can uh, yeah. deal with a coworker, and I don't really care about that coworker that much. And I come home after doing all these things to be nice to that person, and then I go to my wife, and I have no energy to be nice to her anymore. And I treat, her, you know, I treat her like garbage. So I was like, well, maybe I should use that stuff on her instead of on the people at but, work. No, I mean, especially if she cooks, right? You get a, you know, get a little piece on the side. Jesus Christ! I mean, fuck, we can't go right away from the old school shit, right? I yeah. mean, they gotta cook. Then what the fuck's the point? I mean, if they can't cook, what the fuck's the point? Like, just yeah. I'm telling you. Well, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. I think cooking might be on one, but I would give up cooking for other things. Well, no, well, that's what I said about the hooker, and I didn't mean your yeah. wife was a hooker. Certainly didn't mean that. <laughs> you I didn't mean my wife was a hooker? Oh, I oh, took it no, wrong. No, you did, bud. See, and that's going to get me in trouble later. You know? yeah. But I'll be When she comes in. But don't worry about it. I'll be lost in the fucking woods around here and fucking yeah. starve to death. I'll Maybe she'll find me. I'll make sure when my wife comes in that I tell her you didn't call her a hooker. No, I didn't. I yeah. would not do that. Yeah. You know, I'll say it as soon as she comes that. in. Jane, he did not call you a cook. No, I didn't even know her name. <laughs> now so it's now, Jane. Yeah, oh, well. Jane the Knot Hooker. Okay, not Sweet Hooker Jane. Jane. <laughs> not Hooker Jane. Sweet Jane, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, my point is, you should take care of your wife because you seem like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> and, you know, at the end of the day, you better like you. Right, Ryan? Right. That's a good point. <laughs> right, right He makes an excellent point. You're right on the money. Hey, uh, <laughs> so Rick, I'm a people person, but <laughs> I want to. Yes, I have one okay, question people, about that, yes. that Calgary Flames okay. team because that's the only time in history that I can remember they had three captains on one team. Yeah, well, and they rotated it through, which is because the leadership was. Is this is what I'm saying? That seriously, yeah. the leadership. I don't. You know, I I think it would be very easy just to say one guy like Lanny McDonald, but. We got to remember, Lanny had some great years, and he was coming. You know, he retired after that season. I'm not saying by any means did he not. He was a huge factor, yeah. huge factor. Was he? You know, did he play like he did? You know, ten years previous, no one does. Ryan, we've been there, done that. So Lanny was there because he was a leader in spirit, and he was a kid, and he loved the game. So he stayed on the ice longer with Gary Roberts and Joe Newendike than most guys would even think. You know that we're all grasping to hang on to that thing. And I'm not. Lanny knew we had a great opportunity to be successful. He also knew that we respected him, and he was a great guy. Ardell, uh, his wife is you know super people. When you when you're a young guy, and I was fairly young, I won the cup on my birthday. I turned 27 years old on May 25th, uh, 1989. Rick Wamsley, he also celebrated his birthday. He turned 30 that day. Yeah, so there was the two guys, you know, winning the cup actually on their birthday on the same team, which was is on. That's got to be a first, yeah. of, right? So yeah, so I mean, we had great guys, and I think with the captaincy, Jim Poplinski was in a, a situation too that we needed his leadership and toughness because of the Edmontons and the Winnipegs. I mean, a lot of people don't give Winnipeg a lot of credit. If they had a goaltender, it could have been a big different story about Winnipeg and winning some hockey games in the in the eighties and whatnot, in late eighties, early nineties. Oh, yeah. So, 
We had That's the, a Dale the, Howard the captains, here? Yeah, yeah, and Solani yeah. and you name it. You know, Toughness, Randy Carlisle still was playing, Mario Marijuana, some veteran guys on the back end. They had Dave Ellett coming in the league. Oh, Ty yeah. Domi was there. They had uh, the other tough guy, uh, Donaldson. Um, Kenny Baumgartner. Uh, well, no, that was later. No, no. Um, anyways, but they had, you know, uh, oh, shit, I can't remember his name. But they had very good, they were very talented. Uh, Steen, Alexander Steen. I mean, you're talking... Uh, you know, you had talking a lot of lot of talent. But anyways, the point is with the three captains is we had guys that weren't going to play all the time, but they still were leaders, and we wanted to make sure that we didn't take – well, certainly wasn't my decision, but mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure that that leadership ran right through the the team. And we had that with – Was, know, Tim, was guys, Tim Hunter another Tim guy? Tim, that... the assistant captain. So he was in another lineup. See, that's where they're holding up the cup, Pepper and him, and Lanny, and Lanny's in the in – the, in the, in his jersey, of course, in his equipment because he scored the big goal, like everybody knows. Uh, it's actually the game winner. He scored the third goal, right? So uh, was it? No, he scored the second goal, excuse me. And Dougie scored the last two because we won 4-2. So, uh, but, uh, you know, the leadership was huge, but we also had a great middle core. And we had great rookies. You talk about Theron Fleury coming in in January. You talk about Gary Roberts. You talk about Joe, Joe Newendike. Yeah. I mean, plus we had a great European year here Dean and we had hack and loop 50 goal scorer one of the smoothest skaters you ever think quit hockey after that year and and really? went back because he wanted his you know kids to uh, be educated in Sweden so we had the, the transition from that team and breaking it down in one year was unbelievable but the leadership and the character was um, you know 25 years later it's the same shit right Dougie Gilmore's going underneath the tables in a high class like five-star restaurant Fucking putting ketchup she on the train and fucking shoot. But, so, I mean, it was funny. And he's 52 years old, scraping yeah, around the floor. The like, we're doing so, you know, bugging <laughs> Lanny McDonald, you know, shitting all over Crispy and fucking Riser. I mean, that was the part of fun yeah. of it. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Terry Chris, great bunch Terry of, Chris, Terry Chris was, and Dougie Risebrow were the yeah, yeah. coaches there. You know, and they were hard on us. Let Make no mistake. I mean, it, you know, it was me against them, right? Or us against them. And I think, you know, now that I'm older, I look at what Terry Chris did in Riser and, and how we, you know, as a team said, pretty much, you know, fuck it, we're going to show them. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, shit, these guys are pretty friggin' smart because yeah. I believe it was, you know, it was planned. It wasn't like he was just a dick. Yeah. He was a, he was a dick it on a, with a reason. Yeah. Yes. And it fucking worked because Crispy's a great guy, Riser, great guy away from the rink. When they were at the ring, fucking they, hated they didn't him. care. I if you guys hated him. I fucking yeah. hated him. Yeah, yeah. I'm they saying didn't it. care. I'm bro. saying it to all the. Yeah. How, how many are there? What? Okay, uh, yeah. the, the listeners, was, all the massive yeah. listeners. What, yeah, what made you not like him when you're playing? I, you know, he was just very vocal, right? Crispy was very vocal, uh, and. <laughs> There's a Mike Vernon one time we're behind well, and you gotta so, be vocal with something. You, no, he was loud. Like people. he literally had to go to anger management before he got the Tampa job. After that, okay. So at the end of the day, he'd fucking freak out. So we <laughs> we'd have 20, 20 guy, twenty two guys in the dressing room, whatever. Twenty guys game day, and we'd every one of them had a towel around their neck. And I never played for a team that had fucking every team every guy had a towel around his fucking neck. You know, hanging on both sides. And I know why, because Crispy would say some shit that we'd fucking have to pretend we're wiping sweat off our face because we'd all be fucking <laughs> laughing at that guy. Did he just fucking say that, or did he just try to say something else? So, I mean, that was like, we did that, and, and Brad McCrimmon sat right by the end, and then they had the, outside the dressing room, they had the coach's room, right? And Crispy liked the door open. He'd leave his door open, we'd leave it, and fucking he'd leave, and fucking uh, Brad McCrimmon would close the fucking door, and he, 
Come in and fucking rise it, pop it open, and fucking close it, rise it, pop it open. Dougie Rice, bro, pop it open. Then all of a sudden, Crispy would fucking, what did I tell you about leaving the fucking door open? And then we just fucking closed the door again. So, I mean, we had, you know, it was, uh, they were good guys. They're on a mission, but Crispy, you know, challenged you, right? Verbally. Like, and that's the old days when they were in your up, face. You're fucking up, let you know. Oh, big time. Simple. From yeah. from the bench. Right. So, Vernie, Mike Vernon, uh, on Smite Trophy winner with Detroit, what should have could have won it with us, most definitely. Al McGinnis ended up winning because I think he had 28 or 29 points. Yeah. Uh, you know, during the course of the playoffs or where he terrorized Patrick Waugh with a slap shot. I mean, if no one thinks he did it, then you didn't watch the fucking series. But at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, uh, you know, we had a, a crispy, you know, was a verbal coach, emotional, you know. You know, and that's the way a lot of coaches were back in the day. They were fire, you know what I mean? Now coaches yeah. are so fucking subdued. You'd wonder if the guy's sleeping with his eyes open sometimes, yeah. right? So we look at Crispy, and he's yelling at Verdi because he wants to pull him, right? And Verdi's coming up, you know, to the hash marks. We're, we're down by a goal, and he's yelling at Verdi, come on, Verdi, come on, and fucking yelling, listen, come on, you little cocksucker. <laughs> you know, we're talking 17,000 fans. Settled them. Fucking Bernie get up to the top of the circles between the blue line and the top of the circle, and he'd be like, fucking you little prick, I know you can hear this. is Crispy yelling at you, little prick, I know you can hear me. You fucking get the fuck off the ice. And Bernie turn, fuck you, Crispy. And we fucking score again in the net. We win in fucking overtime, and then we'd fucking forget about it move on. So, I mean, we were that good. That team was that good. I don't mean to, you know, we've 54, 54 wins. 18 losses and I believe eight or nine ties. So something in the 81 games, you know, in an eight one game. See, and we're talking there's no shootouts and all that other shit. 117 points at that time. And that's in a league with Edmonton where yeah, you're playing a Edmonton, bunch of times. Edmonton, Oilers, L.A. Gretzky went to, you know, Gretzky went to the L.A. Kings, so they became a good team. And then, unfortunately... For them, we fucking clean their clocks fucking four straight, right? I mean, you know, because Vancouver scared the shit out of us, right? I mean, seven games, kick it in. You know, literally re-angle your skate back then to kick it in. Joel Otto's goal, you know what I mean? Like fucking, in today's game, it would have been fucking goaltender oh, no. interference yeah. oh, in the fuck. crease, yeah. fucking redirecting, and for good measure, you fucking yeah. said something bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we win that, and then we only lose six, uh, seven games, right? We only lose three more games that next three series. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, uh, you know, the team was outstanding and great bunch of guys. Great yeah, that was a great round. Yeah, it was. And so you've so you played was uh, you played with Patrick Waugh in, in the AHL and then uh, was, and then in Montreal was, too or not? Yeah, well, no, because I left right. The, uh, the, the, and this is how this works. You know, it's funny how things get put out there. But Serge Savard came to me and said he became GM at that time in the, the year previous, and he says, "Rick, you know, what do you want to do?" And I and seriously, Sherbrooke they moved the team from Halifax to Sherbrooke. Uh, you know, the Voyagers were in Halifax for years through the '60s and '70s and into the early '80s. They moved it to Sherbrooke, which is barely an hour outside of Montreal. So the, at that point, I wanted to play. I needed to play, right? I only played 70, maybe 82 games or something like that, right, uh, in two years. So it was, uh, you know, as a young man and trying to, you know, stay on the straight and narrow and not get fucking disappointed. And when you get disappointed, you make some poor choices and fucking, <laughs> yeah. next thing, you know, holy fuck, how'd I end up here? Yeah. But, I mean, that's the other thing, you know, at the end of the day. So I got the opportunity. Serge was very good at bringing me down, bringing me up. And as I said, I had a breakout year in the American League, scored almost 50 points. And then in the American playoffs, had a great playoff. So that allowed me to sort of pick, you know, Rick, you're good enough to play in the NHL. We know that. 
But, you know, our lineup is going to be tough with Chelios, as I said, and Tom Curvis was just coming up. And these guys are, Peter Sabota, these guys are pretty good folks. Was Larry Robinson defensive. still there? Larry Robinson, Rick Green. You know, so you still, the core was there. So you're going to be a sixth or seventh guy. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I can go back there. You know what I yeah. mean? Because, you know, coming out of junior, I was pretty highly touted. I mean, you know, that's a different story. You know, one year getting drafted 178th overall to junior in the seventh round, late seventh round, and then, the next year, twenty seventh overall to the Montreal Canadiens. Right. Like yeah, what yeah. happened there? I don't. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know, bud. Just played, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you go St. Louis, opportunity to play the guy that drafted me. Ron Caron was the uh, became the GM. He was the head of player personnel for Montreal. He's the one that drafted Lafleur, Robinson, Claude Ruel. Him and Claude Ruel ran. You know, picked it. You know, Pocketington and those three guys pretty much picked fucking from. 60s and 70s and mid 80s you know the Montreal Canadiens not bad fucking drafting you know what I'm yeah. saying so he got a job in much in St. Louis to a team that was going down this is some good can I keep going here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm interested in it I this think is a like good it. story about St. Louis because you want to talk about pro hockey at its finest but we go to we go to I get traded to St. Louis but it had to wait because Montreal St. Louis couldn't protect me on, you know, on the protection list come out before, just before the game, uh, beginning of the season. So what they did was Montreal kept me in training camp without supposedly not knowing that I was already going to be in St. Louis because the hockey news had me on their roster in the summer, the August issue. In St. Louis? In In St. Louis Louis and not in Montreal's. And I'm going to Montreal's camp, but just, Rick, you know, try not to get hurt because we're moving you in five weeks, right? Yeah. So I... uh, you know, worst unkept secret in the National Hockey League at the time. <laughs> so I go to St. Louis and, you know, again, get to play, right? So I finally go there. Mark Hunter's there now. Doug Wickenheiser, first pick overall in 1980 that, you know, struggled in Montreal. Great guy, rest his soul. He passed away from cancer. So uh, a drink to Doug to, Wickenheiser, to guys. Wickenheiser, Doug yep. Wickenheiser, a great guy. Great guy. And, uh, you know, Pazlowski, Rick Walmsley, you know, a lot of guys from Montreal. But it went to a team that was going to be threatened to move to Saskatoon and uh, be by Purina used to own the dog food, right? Yeah. Used to own yeah. the same yeah. So they were selling it, and the guy that was going to buy it was going to move it to Saskatoon. Whoa. So uh, Harry Arnest bought the team. $3.3 million, I think. Really? That yeah. three... But at that time, right? 1985, yeah, yeah. I think he bought the team. Maybe 84, the year before yeah. that summer. So he saved the team, right? So they gave him a sweet deal to keep it in St. Louis. Uh, three point three million. I heard, and three hundred thousand cash, three hundred promissory note, and then you go from there. So we get there. You can't fucking get. He's not paying the bills, right? So you don't get. You can't get sticks. Get new skates, you know, equipment <laughs> like this tape. You know how you throw. We take it. You throw that little. Probably you can get the it around your ride. shin pad about three more times, but you used to throw it away. Cause, oh, you guys did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Ryan remembers those days. <laughs> <laughs> you guys kept yeah, every fucking inch of it, right? Yeah, yeah. We're but done. Ryan, you, well, you used to save that fucking take it home because that was your fucking tape, or you had to buy your own. So you know we had guys checks bounce. Uh, we had bonuses. Mark Hunter's 45th goal bounce check. Eventually got it. So we we're playing 1986. We take Calgary. We beat Minnesota in five games. We play Toronto. We beat them in seven games in '86. We go to uh, Calgary. We have Miracle Monday. Some of you guys might remember we were down by three goals with about two and a half minutes to go in the game from Game Six to lose the series. You know, uh, uh, I guess four to one. We come back and tie the game in regulation, win it in overtime. They call it Miracle Monday. Okay. And it was a Monday night, and we ended up going to Calgary to play game seven. We ended up losing 2-1. So we've got a charter 
He's just got a charter that's fucking ready to go. So as soon as we, if we, when we beat Calgary, we're going to fly right to Montreal, start the Stanley Cup final. So we lose. Okay. They cancel our fucking charter. Harry, Harry does. So we got to find our own way home. Nice. Really? So we find our own way home from St. Louis. Some guys took a couple days because the flight's getting out of there at the time. So it took about 48 hours to get guys together. We didn't get reimbursed till the following November after the couple weeks of the season. So Harry ended up owning the team for about, uh, and my understanding, again, these numbers can be off, but my understanding is after three years, literally you couldn't play. So I played, you know, I love old equipment right now. You know, so I had my stuff from Montreal. I literally had to play with it two more years through St. Louis <laughs> because there's fucking tough luck, right? Call your mother. <laughs> Just like, put a blue you know sticker I mean? over guy, top You're of talking it. about fucking Christmas Eve show. Fucking yeah. what are you waiting for under the Christmas tree at 25? Fucking I need Some a new tape. pair of shin pads for fuck's sake. <laughs> you, know what I mean? yeah, you know what I mean? So like at I the end we... of the day, that was, uh, that was St. Louis. But... Again, great Jesus. bunch of guys. Yeah. Right, right. We had a young team, Dougie Gilmore, Bernie Federico, Joey Mullen was on before 86. Uh, we Dougie Evans. You know, we had guys that were 500 hockey guys, you know, that, you know, clutch and grab hockey team that was one goal away. Was Chris Joseph away from, the, goal, the No, goal? we were Greg Millen, Rick Wamsley. Oh, yeah. We Greg switched Miller. them up because yeah. Wammer, Wammer was a stay-at-home, you know, barely touch your toes type of goaltender. Yeah. Uh, yeah. stand up. No, did you hear what I said? Touch barely toes. touch your barely toes, because Gil had a problem with flexibility back in the early days. <laughs> That's and then, and then, uh, you know, Greg Millen, you know, just like his fucking mouth, big and wide, he used to come out of that fucking <laughs> net and fucking the shooters, they'd fake him out and fucking put it off to the soft guy and fucking go. So we had a lot of success with guys that were uh, journeymen, right? I guess yeah. our young, you know, third, fourth workers. line guys, yeah. workers. Yeah. Uh, Rob Ramage was our captain. You know, Brian, or excuse me, Brian Sutter was our captain. So you knew the work ethic was yeah. there from Brian. But I got a great story for you. All right, I'll take Jock it. Jock Demers. Is our coach Jacques. and Jock does some TV for you know yeah for uh, Montreal now TVO is the TVO the new contract through Rogers anyways they sign a deal they do eighty percent of the games right that Montreal does and uh, so anyways he's our coach I should probably say this but it's pissing me off all this <laughs> so yeah anyway, you gotta so get off your he chest a, we yeah. got Barkley Plager right Barkley Plager is a great man hockey Hall of Famer small defenseman taught me a lot but unfortunately he was he was not well when we, when I was the other two years I was there he eventually died of brain tumors in 1987 um, uh, and he was struggling through this so but he was still at the rank and you know kept him going it's certainly I believe it 100% that kept him going and you know we used to accommodate uh, um, him because bark because of you know his illness and when we couldn't practice at the checker dome we had to go to this other rink called afton and it was one of those american rinks it was freezing inside and the bumps on the ice bumps on and, the yeah. oh yeah totally. you know what i mean because oh, yeah. it was it was totally. <laughs> freezing but like <laughs> freezing and that would be technically it was too cold for him so uh, you know jock didn't really come on the ice since about january 12th of that year that we went to the one goal away from the stanley cup final so Brian Sutter, that's I say he got his little coaching. Being captain, we should do some lines, we should do this and do that kind of stuff. So this is pretty much how our the rest of the year went, right? Jock was never on the ice, and if he was, he was there for fucking twelve minutes really? and, and see you later. Never talked to the players that much, you know. It was a old school coach, you know, take care of the top five, let the middle ten fucking take care of themselves and shit all over the bottom five. <laughs> yeah, no, that's was, how coaching I was, was right? That's how that was. Mark yeah, that like was that. it. Yeah, it fucking right, but those dickheads. Yeah. So at the end of the day, um, Jesus. we go to the playoffs, as I said, and, you know, 
there was no cell phones back then, and and Jock had agreed during the playoffs that he was going to come back as coach through a verbal and a handshake. And unfortunately, when the playoffs we lost, and you know one one goal shy, we used to see him in the playoffs. So like, if the dressing room was at the west end, he'd be at the east end on the fucking payphone, you know, just before practice. It was weird. We were running into him. He was always on the fucking payphone. We're like, the fuck is going on? So we find out later that he's negotiating his contract with Detroit because he became the first million-dollar coach, four-year deal, 250000 a year. That was Jock Demers, right? He was negotiating yeah. his deal as we were fucking playing. That's what I... Smart that's man. The story. Not really. But then he said, listen, I, only, I didn't sign anything. And then we found out later he couldn't, right? Because anyways, I'm not going to go there. But anyways... And then uh, at the end of the day, he said he just verbally and hugged, shook hands and he didn't sign anything. Goes to Detroit, gets two and a half years in, and then when he gets fired, he says in a TV interview, I can't believe where the loyalty's gone in the game. So I have a little issue with that. But <laughs> let's move on now. Can't yeah. believe it. Yeah, let's move on. I got to piss. Hey, <laughs> Oh, you want to piss anytime you want? Just yeah, walk out that door and take a right. No, I'm afraid what you're fucking going to say about me. Yeah, I can't wait. I was going to say I can't wait till he leaves. No, but anyways, Jack Demers <laughs> he's went on to be, become a good guy, and lots of guys got him. But yeah, I just, yeah, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, I, who's know, the, who's 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 the, who's the coach you respected the most of all the ones that you were you played for? Well, you know what? I think I respect. I I think and I shouldn't. Don't get me wrong. I do respect Jack Demers because he went on to do some good stuff yeah. and. Yeah, but, and but, he's a good man. He is a good man. I mean, at certain times when you're trying to break codes, being a French guy, yeah. being a, one of the first French coaches in the National Hockey League, there was a lot of obstacles. So if you're getting a million dollars thrown at you, yeah. how would I react, right? It, yeah. You know what I mean? So I look at it as a 53-year-old, but as a 23-year-old and a 33-year-old, yeah. I did not yeah. appreciate it. But as an older guy that sort of gets it now, uh, you know, <laughs> to each his own, right? When you're, when you're a player, you know, you, you got one role to do and you just make sure you do your own job, That's right? right? When you're a coach, you're looking after about 23 That's right, you're trying to, right? So who do, you have to, who do you have to look after most? Yeah, that's the thing, you know, right? you know what I mean? It's like when you're in an airplane, you know, that thing comes out of the ceiling and you got to, you know, take care of yourself first, put your fucking oxygen, oxygen right. mask on. That's right, you've got that from and, me, motherfucker. Yeah, well, maybe when maybe I did, I'm not sure. Wait, was looking after himself right there. Don't shove your face in the pill it doesn't work he, he needed that million dollars to take care of those 23 players yeah no, but i'm them. just saying you know as that and i again and i bring that up because it bothers yeah. me right I, so i mean and i've you know had this conversation before and uh we didn't see eye and eye eye to eye on you know uh you know how he treated some guys but that's he had success right so yeah. at the end of the day and back then you got to understand that's just the way it was i know we say that a lot but that's just the way it was you know, you go to Montreal as an 18-year-old. Technically, if they wanted my ass, they had it till they were 33, right? So, till I was 33. So, they owned me for, you know, 15 years at, from 18 till I was 33 years old. So, at the end of the day, they owned your ass, right? So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and then when they said I'd fucking bury you, they could bury you. Yeah. They could fucking, you know, stop you from fucking progressing. You know, that, you, you know, know that's the thing so. about you guys, you know, like as professional athletes, you guys are uh, well, well compensated. Uh, for what you do but you are also treated uh like a like a commodity you're not like well, you know like in a way to right? your piece of meat you know, yeah. and at the end of the day i volunteered and i would have stand in the front of the fucking line till this day so at the end of the day i might be whining like a little bitch but the the point is if you want to do something bad enough you got to make a decision what you want what you're willing to fucking do to do to achieve that yeah that's so we made choices and were they good bad or indifferent between concussions what's going on now 
to uh, you know to fucking stay on a team that you knew you're underpaid at, but you still like the environment and your wife liked it, whatever that thing was. Yeah. So you make choices. So when I find we for making great money at the time we did make good money but compared to fucking you know what you brought home we had that discussion to what they're making now it's all perceived way higher than what the fuck it is you know at the end of the day because there's a certain need and lifestyle that you have to follow and that costs you money and you cost you money to make money because your agents and your fucking uh the pa and all these other groups are tipping away at that already 48 50 percent fucking tax yeah, exactly. So I'm not whining, but reality is a lot different than what fucking people Absolutely. think it is. So, and also, you the time you're trying to make your money in is like a very short period of time, Correct. and then you have to retrain yourself for life after hockey. Yeah, as as well. So, Correct. and so, like yeah. for for you, that's a it'll bring us to that yeah. that question. Yeah. How do you um, how do you uh, how did you find the transition? Fucking brutal, buddy. No, uh, like, I'm do still they here? Do they? Fuck, br- I'm do, transitioning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still it's still the same thing. It is. Still, yeah, it yeah. is. It's like life. I mean, you're yeah. going through. I'm going right? through it too. I mean, yeah. yeah, and I mean, and we go through that. You're in your 40s. Like we usually, generally, most of us, if we're lucky enough, retire in our early 30s to mid 30s. You know, if you're really lucky, fucking, you know, you can push it. You know, 38, 39, and that's having a, you know, 18, 20 year career, which is unheard of, right? I mean, Absolutely. it was when there was only six teams because you know you didn't play as often right. and all that. But when you were playing 82 games. And the style that we played in the 80s and early yeah. 90s, yeah. you didn't play a lot of fucking hockey. You know what I mean? There was yeah. a lot of injuries that became more prevalent yeah. and whatnot. Uh, you know, it was just the way it was. So I just think that, you know, at the end of the day, you get what you get yeah. and you work hard. And, and hopefully you you can really appreciate what you did because you're it's rarity. No matter if it was yeah. a goal scorer or non-goal scorer, a fighter or non-fighter, what we did to play in the National Hockey League yeah. was – a very small percentile of the men or people were playing hockey around the world. So that is what I always say. There's like 700 people in the NHL at any given time, and to be one of those 700 people in the world after I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of, or millions or whatever Ridiculous. people play the game, it's like you have really like. So it, and, and Mike and I were talking about it yeah, today about yeah. the people in the American League who are you know extremely talented hockey players. Who, because of say an attitude problem, or maybe the fact that they uh, they adjust, don't play both ends of the ice, or zone, yeah. what are you willing to do to change your game? Are you are you capable of it? I think you know it's what, I mean? what yeah. you were just saying. Are you willing to? Can you, at first are you willing? What are you willing to do that yeah, makes you uncomfortable? You right? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, is it you're not a shot blocker, but I want to fucking how can I get more ice time if I'm not a goal scorer? So you better be a penalty killer, and when you penalty kill, you better block shots, or you're not going to be a fucking penalty right. killer. Or, you better have a good stick, or yep. you know what yeah, I mean. Yep. So there's things that you have to, that Adapt. in junior, fuck, I got seventy points, bro. right? You know what I mean. I but my point that. is, yeah. yeah, like I mean, and again, I go back, and I'm not trying to brag, but fifty in the American League, and I became a defensive defenseman, right. and, I, and I was pretty good at it for a certain time myself and Jamie McCallum were partners for five years. Oh, with best we best mustache we in the NHL, and we were ranked right up there. So. My point is, does that make me different? I think different in the sense that I was satisfied playing at the NHL to do whatever I could. Like, Ryan had to fight. I had to block shots that fucking continuously were fucking going towards my nuts or my head. So <laughs> does that make him, you know, he's a tough guy. I'm a tough guy. But yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. tough in our own yeah, way, right? Yeah. So yeah. Actually, whatever you know, it takes, but fuck. You know, I like winning. Yeah. yeah I like only, fucking winning. Winning's always more fun, right? Well, it's hard to win, too. So at the end of the day, if you don't give it what you got, you know you're not going to get there. Right. That's right. Work hard to win, and if you don't win, you don't fucking work, bud. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. Well, Rick, I got a I got a surprise from you. Are you ready for it? No. 
Fuck. Yeah. No. Well, uh, you know, I can was I doing... can have a piss or what? Fuck. You want to have a piss and we'll yeah, set it yeah. up? Yeah. All right, good. We'll Don't say it. bad shit about me. Yeah, we won't. We won't. <laughs> Just go ahead and enjoy yourself. Well, we can, well we're going to take an old pee break. No problem. Okay, yeah. let's watch this piece of shit video. <laughs> Hamilton Engineer. You know going to be making fun of me. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Piece of shit. Okay. When I, when I did my research on you, Rick, when I was, I was reading uh, up on you, I was really hoping that you were part of the 1986 Calgary Flames. No, I wasn't. But you weren't, No, right? I wasn't. No. Because I found this. They lost, but I was only with them when they won. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this was. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. You can look it up. <laughs> I did look yeah, it up, okay, and that's good. when I well, found it. Fuck, you should have known that. And then, but you? the reason why is because I found this beauty on oh, YouTube. Oh, yeah. If you go to Calgary Flame, you, you go into YouTube. I, I like to inform my listeners how to do it. You go to in YouTube, and you write Calgary People, Flames. Yeah, he's got his fingers out going across the <laughs> yeah. bottom. He's just That's so, how you know, know right? Yeah, when yeah. it's radio, you got to do a lot of things with your hands. I'm Italian. Anyways. And you go, Calgary Flames, red hot. Oh, shit. Yeah. This and then this is what it'll put. This, this is, is what I sold 25,000, you know. No big you, deal. You know, and you know, there's a, and I think it was mislabeled. It said the 86 Calgary Flames, but as it, it turns out, I don't think it is the 86. 87. Cal- it's the 87 Calgary Flames. 87, 88. Which I think you might have been a part of. It was one of the first. It was one of, you know I'm part of it. <laughs> I'm, singing, I'm, I'm singing like a bitch. Like, uh, that's what, not, you wonder why I quit drinking. Fucking look at me sing. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, they told me it was a ballad, but that's why I closed my eyes. Yeah. Okay? That's, I'm sticking with that's that. That's not what I'm the YouTube sticking, comments I'm said. With that. Okay. The YouTube comments but, had others' theories. So this was one of the first in all the sports videos because we got the thing from uh, the Chicago Bears did it. Yeah, they, they, if you uh, remember, they yeah. did the first one where you know uh, uh, Walter Payton danced and yeah, Jim, uh, well, Jim, you know, uh, and then Jim McMahon. Yeah, yeah, they did that one, and then we, you know, as a Calgary Flamer, first Canadian, oh shit, first Canadian Sorry. sports team. Fuck, don't worry about my chicklets. I just got them. <laughs> Took thirty five years. Somebody <laughs> losing theirs. Anyways, <laughs> stay on point. Stay on point, Pete. And uh, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. Uh, what the fuck was I talking? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, we were talking about the video. We ended up selling twenty five thousand of them for charity, like, and that was like unbelievable. And you know, VHSs, <laughs> I add, right. so that's a big fucking box. Uh, but you twenty five thousand of them. So it was one of the best, success, most successful fundraising tools. And then you saw universities do it. You saw other sports teams, and it really got big in the, the NFL. The icky shuffle was and that Yeah, it got really big in the NFL and all. That was for touchdowns, though. Oh, yeah, they made they, a song out of it, and they yeah. sold it. So this was uh, through Neil Sheehy and Cal uh, Kellett. His name was. He was the musician that produced the song and wrote uh, Can't Catch a Flame. And uh, can't catch a can't catch a flame. Beautiful. This is oh, ridiculous. Wow. You know the, the wow. fact that you were selling it's, this thing so not, well. Why so not? St- because it was it did great for your kids, bud. We so we yeah, did 150 know, but, G's, bud. 150 G's. I, and I agree. Then. Awesome. I find it not only to be a good thing, but I find oh, it to be. Fuck. What am I going to do about it, bud? <laughs> I find it to be more. Thirty there. years later, yeah, almost. thirty years still later, and there. still living, still living a legacy. Soon, you know when it came back? I got to tell you before my wife, my daughter was U of T graduate, so she's at university. It was it went through there in nineteen eighty or nineteen eighty? Excuse me, uh, two thousand and I'd say ten or eleven or something like that. And she said, "Dad, you wouldn't, you won't believe what's circulating through all the universities in Canada and down in the states." I said, "What?" She says. Fucking like Can't, you don't red tell hot. me. It's either the fucking red hot <laughs> or it's the elbow. You know what I mean? <laughs> fucking bastards. It's like the only two fucking things I did in my life. Okay? Let go. Here we go. Here we go. I know nice. the words to this. Yeah, right. can you sing you can sing over top of it. 
They started out with a nice hockey clip, so you know that it's a. Oh, no, well, here you it know goes. What? And we had it. It was actually this is this is history in making. Uh, fuck, I should have been a rock star, but yeah, well, I'd be simple. alive to talk to you. Now. There's a bunch of VHS tapes <laughs> in Calgary right now. No, there's none. At yard sales. So, no, so, yeah. no, no, this is like you hang on to this long enough. Oh, right, this is a collector's item. <laughs> so you, you look at this guy. Who's that? That's trying so hard. Okay, here it goes. Oh, Landon McDonald's. It's, it's Chargers. What I like about this is uh, the mustaches and the uh, mullets are great. This is one of the most famous mustaches you know, of all time. And this is good because wait till you see Mike Bullard. This is Bully right here. He's fucking awesome. He nailed <laughs> it. He's funnier than the, the fucking Mike Bullard, the comedian, because I know that kid. <laughs> yeah, he is a dick. He is. Brett Hall. It is Brad yeah, Hall. Brad Hall. Mike Vernon. That looks like Brad Hall. Mike, Mike Vernon. Vernon yeah. yeah, Mike Vernon. Great head of hair. Oh yeah. Wow. This song, when you when they pitched it to you, did you say no, this is a great someone song? Someone pulled out. Well, we didn't have to fucking show up, but <laughs> they're serving fucking apps and beer. Okay, the I'm there for there. like wow. sake. So by the time they made the that's Joel Otto, and that's I don't know who. That's Joel Otto. <laughs> Look how stiff everyone That's is. Joel, oh well, hey, well, we were nervous. Neil Sheehy and Timmy Hunter. Timmy Hunter looking good. <laughs> Look at those moves. All right. Here, look at that chopper behind us. <laughs> He's singing. Gary Souter. That Paul guy. He was just up for that time. Mike Bully was like, <laughs> Bully's fucking. He's awesome. killing it. He is. I'm telling you. <laughs> this is where you know I'm doing the the horns back there. You're on the horns. Oh, freaking bad, Brad McCrimmon. Look at the moves they yeah, teach everybody. Yeah. Is that pattern? No, oh, that's this next part. I there think I is my favorite part. Fuck, this is you can see yourself at the end. Not right there. The guy with the fucking nervous look on his face because you know he's singing soon. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this before, Bushy? This is from, no. They used all the footage from the year before, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. This, this is 86 when they were going to the Stanley Cup final, right? Right, right. So I was not on the team then. There's Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts. He looks like a baby in this. He is a friggin' baby. Good singer. Gary Souter. Oh, here, the next guy is my favorite. Yeah, this is pretty bad. <laughs> there he oh, is. See, ballot. See, the fans can't see this. Your listeners cannot see this because oh, it was eyes. like a, it was a love song, but yeah. it was like, I mean, I probably had so many girls. Who orchestrated this? Dan McCrimmon. There we go. Recipes. Who orchestrated this? Yeah. It was uh, Neil Sheedy and uh, to our <laughs> foundation, the Flames Foundation, and that came a this was the first way to do it. Like so, we like literally sold twenty five thousand. Dripping off that TV. Right wow! Now. Plus, I had twelve freaking beers in me, bud. Fuck! They, 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 the only is reason that I you? listen, I'm gonna no. That's, that's fucking. That's why I'm so upset about that because I don't know who it is. I want to know who it is, but fuck. that's somebody that was addicted to fucking Molson Canadian that day. So we can. 
It's called uh, Calgary Frames Red Hot. Frames, yeah. Frames. Frames. Calgary Frames. That's what the Asian community is. Actually, see what happens when you try to sing and, and speak at the same time? You fucking, you look like that singing. That's what happens. Yeah. That's two beers I'll later. Right the YouTube videos, Ed. Yeah. I, 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 it went through all you the universities. Like, the viewers was unbelievable. Like, at the, when I looked at it, there was like fucking 400,000 people making fun of me. But... <laughs> But they're all like watching fucking, it, you know, and yeah. then thank God, you know, I didn't have my address on it. But I there's a lot, there's a lot of theories in there that you were that you were not of your normal state of mind. No, I wasn't. I was uh, mostly Canadian, like addicted to it at that time. Well, on YouTube, they said you were high as a kite. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's they would, what it said. Fuck yeah. That's why I was with the you, team. You got I go. Yeah, so I, I was smoking. I, yeah, what, I was smoking dope in front of the fucking coach. And yeah. He was good with it. Yeah, that's, I get all my facts from YouTube yeah, comments. Yeah, yeah. Well, fucking, that's why most of them are fat. Fox, they haven't washed their ass in three years. Fucking make them. <laughs> fucking can't get out of their fucking armchair. Fucking quarterback back checking. Fucking, I would have done it this way. Fat asses. Oh, fuck. You want to do? You want to do a little rapid fire to end the show, Rick? Oh, oh fuck! Shit. Why? Can you be quicker, bud? I don't know. Whoa, I have go. never got through before. You? I barely said anything today. I know. Good. Yeah, that's why it was a good <laughs> show. Best show of the fucking year. <laughs> oh, I don't finish it up. You're not. You're not taping. In between holidays, right? No. no. Fuck, it'll be the clean. best show of the year. Yeah, yeah. Of the year. Okay, I'm ready, Pete. Okay. I apologize. You're doing a great job. The, the one thing the, the one thing that we got to we didn't finish with was oh. a favorite coach you played for. Fuck that! Is this supposed to be rapid fire? Good. One? Yeah. <laughs> that's why it never works out. Because really, yeah, you think really, about no, it. What, what is? Uh, well, oh, fi- well, I guess uh, Billy Denis. And what, where Kevin Denine's dad, Philadelphia. Oh yeah, that's that your last there. year. Yep, second to last year. Yes, yeah, what uh, made pretty it so much. Good? Yeah, just he was old school. Uh, Craig Hartsburg was a coach too. If you did your job, they didn't fucking overcoach. If you didn't do their job, they showed you how and you know talk to you rather than fucking shit on you, right? There so you he was an exception to the old school, and in the in the sense that he formed a relationship with you rather than just fucking shit yelled on. at you, right? All right. Cool. Uh, smelliest teammate. Jimmy Kite, after we were in San, in San Francisco, I don't, I'm going to tell you why. Jim Kite, so we go to the, you know, San Francisco, if you had a lot of boutiques and a lot of this brick oven pizza started way back in the day. So he gets a fucking garlic pizza, right? And I swear to God, it's cut the clove. I've never seen anything fucking it's got steroids. It was like probably six inches round. He had probably three cloves, and it was like a quarter inch fucking thick on just sauce and thing. And I've been beside guys that have drank for three fucking days and then gone to practice and sweated, right? Yeah. And still been able to keep within five feet of them. Jimmy sweated for two fucking days that you couldn't get within fucking 12 feet of them. He Just garlic. Fucking garlic. Burn your fucking eyes, bud. <laughs> I swear to God. And I'm not exaggerating the size of the clothes. They were huge. And they were sliced, you know, an eighth of an inch. You know what I mean? And fuck, did he stink. I never smelt anybody... That smelled like garlic the rest of my life, and then but then see so you can learn from bad shit, right? Because you know learning is the whole thing in fucking life, boys and girls. If you're still up at Christmas, learning is the whole key. So when you're fucking hungover, when you get older, <laughs> and you show up, and you're fortunate enough to play a fucking sport, and you're on the ice, and realize one thing: if coaches can smell booze, they're right in your friggin' face. 
If they smell garlic, they're fucking at the other end of the ring. <laughs> so take a little clove of garlic if you've been drinking the night before and when you got to practice, pop it in, chew it up really nice and good, and the coach won't fucking come near you. Right. This is an educational program. It's, it's true. It's true. I think, I it's think true. you have It the... works. I'm not lying. I don't lie on radio. Next, next, I I think your successor to Don Cherry, I would well, say that's because you help the kids, right? Yeah, well, it's all about the kids. It's all about, yeah. it's it's all about, about the kids. The kids right? Okay, next one. That was a quick answer. Yeah, that, this is rapid okay, fire. Rap, yeah, rapid fire. Fucking like you shot the biggest dong <laughs> in the league. The but, I'm biggest dong in the league. Dong in the league. <laughs> Fuck, man. I'm not gonna sit here and say in fucking twenty some years I never looked down. You've but seen I a couple say, monsters. Yeah, there's a couple. Fucking Shane Corson. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Real shout out. Yeah, I like right. to add that question because it gives your it gives people in the league a little bump yeah, if they well, ever find you know, out yeah, about yeah. it. Eh? Well, fucking, if anybody says they never fucking looked, you know, after being in the game double digits, then they're fucking liars, right? You know yeah, what especially I mean? when you're. As long as you don't touch, you can look, right? It's like a menu, but fuck, you know, like your wife. You don't fool around on your wife when you look at the fucking menu. You can look at the menu. You don't have to right? order, don't right? order anything and make sure. <laughs> don't make look. it the cheap shit either. They never keep their fucking mouth shuts, the cheap ones. Oh, I meant to order. You know. anyway. Funniest guy in the dressing room. Bully was pretty funny. Mike Bullard, I yeah. just said that, did a great job on the yeah. Red Hot there. Uh, I like to have fun myself, if you can imagine. I was pretty straight and narrow, never fucking cracked the joke, never said anything. I was always about the game. Right? Yeah. I was in the fucking yeah. moment. But, so. Who have you ever played against that you were in awe of? That you were like... Uh, Gordy Howe, exhibition. He was in Hartford still. Um, shit, I, uh, Larry Robinson, he was on my fucking team. <laughs> fucking... Um, Keith Fleur, I mean, Lane McDonald, yeah, yeah. Daryl Siddler. I mean, you uh, play I grew with these up, guys, right? Yeah. I, I grew up. Uh, That's crazy. You know, against watching yeah. these guys or playing against them, and, you know, my, my beginning of my career was a lot. These guys were, you know, leaving in the mid-80s to late-80s. and Some great hockey players. I mean, I was very fortunate, Lemieux, Gretzky. I mean, get to play against him. Literally, Rick, when he's out there, go out there. That's your job. So I felt that was, you know, ex extremely exciting, sometimes very scary. Uh, um, got a great story St. Louis real quick Barkley Plager says Okay you're going to play Against Lemieux tonight This is Lemieux's What yeah. second year So he says You know good players You got to keep the puck From out of the middle And I'm like I got this Bark Don't worry Like I'm fucking cool 23 right <laughs> So I got this Don't worry about it I'll fucking So I see I'm in my right hand I'm a right handed defense so I'm in my corner Of our end And I fucking see Our left winger Directly across the ice And he's fucking motor And I'm thinking no one's there, and I could fire this thing about three feet off the fucking ice. Slap shot. No one's going to get this motherfucker. <laughs> Don't you see a fucking stick come out of nowhere, fucking a half a mile back, because that's how far <laughs> Lemieux's reach was. And he fucking knocked that bitch down like it was a fucking feather and went right yeah. in and fucking put it upstairs. Buried it. And I went, skated right to the bench and fucking sat beside the goalie where he opened the fucking door and knew I wasn't going to move the rest of the game. <laughs> so that was the, when they say keep the puck out of the fucking middle, uh, keep the puck. See, another learning lesson. Yeah, this is keep great. the puck out of the fucking middle. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta keep it out of the middle. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> which 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 uh, teammate have you learned the most from? Would you say? Well, you gotta you know narrow that shit down. Like I mean, what are we talking about? Financial, uh, family, fucking drinking, not drinking. How to be a good out. person? How about that? Oh, I I was very fortunate to. You know, again, I go back to being around John, Mr. Belleville. Uh, you know, learning Montreal, Toll Blake, those kind of people, the Richards. I mean, see how guys, you know, men uh, with stature act around other people. Um, 
uh, Harry Howell, Hamilton native, great gentleman, Norris Trophy winner, last Norris Trophy winner's uh, the best defenseman. Excuse in the NHL before Bobby Orr went on a run and won nine in a row or eight or whatever it was. Um, Bobby Orr, I mean, he's become a friend. I mean, these guys are, you know, I think, you know, you can be good and still be a good guy. Yeah. You can be tough and be a good guy. I mean, you can be polite and be a good guy. You know, at the end of the day, meaning, you know, you can be tough, right? And I think these guys carried themselves. They, they were tough guys in their own right, but they carried themselves with dignity and honor and and if you're, if they, you know, want to be around you, that just makes it that much better. And I was very fortunate to be asked to be around a lot of these guys, and and that just made me feel good. I might not have been to their stature as a player, but I mean, as a guy, you know, to be a friend was awesome. You know, right. to call Bobby Orr and Larry Robinson and Bob Ganey and Lenny McDonald and all these guys my Crazy. friends is uh, my friends. Yeah. You know, Daryl Siller, Tiger Williams. Like, growing up in the 70s, these guys were my, you know, I watched them every Wednesdays and Saturdays. These right. were my guys. You guys probably are a little younger, maybe, or your dads would know, certainly yeah. your grandfathers, you know what I mean, at the end of the day, uh, for some of these guys. But, you know, to walk into a Montreal Canadian dressing room and see all the reporters, you know, open up and then have a pair of shoes because I'm trying to get out of there because I'm getting in the way as a rookie, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't want to get in yeah. the way because then they can shave you again you know, <laughs> or make eye contact and they could shave you again or, you know, turn right because they didn't want you to turn right, shave you again. So there was a lot of shaving going like on. Like shave your head? Yeah, that's what they were shaving. But, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, I think told Blake coming up and saying, Rick, uh, you know, we're uh, we're real happy that you're Montreal Canadiens and I want to take you for lunch. And that's growing up a Leaf fan, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And wow. to have a man like that know your name and want to talk hockey with you is uh, probably one of the highlights of my life. Oh, sure, yeah. So, and then talking to Johnny Bauer being a friend. You know, I'm a hockey fan. Let's... Yeah. I love the game. I still love the game. I play a lot. I do a lot for charity because and hockey. The things I do raise. We just did Easter Seals uh, five events. I raised eight hundred thousand dollars for Easter Seals. So, I mean, I love that being participating in the game itself has been uh, one of the. So glad my single mother saw the Leafs win the cup in nineteen sixty seven and said, <laughs> "Shit, it's time for you to play hockey." <laughs> yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen her win another. See the Leafs win another cup, but hey, she loved the game and gave me a life. And an opportunity to meet these gentlemen, and they're my friends. And I got another one, Bushy over there, Ryan Vanderbush, became a buddy because of the game. Yeah. And the game's been very good. Yeah. You know, a- I'd make a joke. The game's been very, very good to me, and it has. It's the easy part is getting there. Staying there is the hard part, and the staying there is because you start thinking too much. And once you start thinking too much, you're not reacting. Once you're not reacting, you're you're a step behind. Once you're a step behind, you're a whole. You're not taking a flight. You're taking a bus. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> and that means how you travel. Yeah. But I think, you know, not getting to the game is, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, anger maybe sometimes with the game and, you know, the competitiveness. And is it the cart before the horse, chicken before the egg? Did the game make us, you know, uh, be more aggressive and be more anger? Or did we need to be aggressive so we could play the game, you know, to make it where we did? So I'll leave that up to the experts. But at the end of the day, it was a great game. And I would do it all over again for the same amount of money. And I mean that. And I would do a couple things I changed. Like, I wouldn't be caught out for curfews, man. Because <laughs> that cost you shit. Or I would have stayed out way later and just gave him the just money cause. beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I just really want to thank having the Stanley Cup champion, Rick Natchez, coming in for our Christmas Eve show. This has been really great. A Thanks. great pleasure. 
And uh, it's been uh, great to be able to showcase uh, what you've accomplished in your oh. career. And uh, you are honestly uh, one of the busiest guys that I've heard after the game. You rhymed off before we started the show pr- probably like 20 things that you're involved with or working on. Well, it's on. all related through hockey again, you know, through charity work, through uh, fundraising, uh, through corporate structure, be it uh, going to events and talking about the game or talking about uh, making fun of people. As you see, I was pretty comfortable yeah. with making fun of you. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and or uh, Don't again, feel bad. as did I said, generals too. Talking, <laughs> talking to kids or educating, doing some mentorship stuff as, as I get. You know, it was a great gift that my mother allowed me to play the game at a young age. Uh, I was fortunate enough to play for so many years at a high level and won a few things along the way. But, uh, you know, I think if there's the message in the thing is, you know, find out what you love and work as hard as you can at it because you never know, right? Keep reaching because you never know. Awesome. Well, it's been my great pleasure to have you on Thanks. the show. And uh, we'd like to wait. What, like, <laughs> Sorry, I would like to wish all my listeners a Merry Christmas. Thank you all for listening. If you'd like to reach out and give me some feedback, you can do it on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can give me an email at livefromthedutchhallgmail.com. Uh, go on iTunes. There's a bunch of ways you can find me, all those things, Instagram. And uh, other than that, I'd like to uh, uh, wish you a Merry Christmas and see you NT. See you next Thursday. Thanks a lot, Rick. That was awesome.